Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. We got a lot to get to today. My guy Scott Spinelli is going to join us. Man, he does a great job over on the Believe Network. Well, yeah, he's a longtime uh, former assistant coach in college. I've known Scott for a long time. He'll join us. We'll get you ready for Game 3 NBA Finals. Wait to hear what LeBron had to say. Plus, Bob Myers defending Steph Curry. Eddie House will be our guest. 
we got a lot to get to. I, I want to start with this because this remains the story of the day. And the Doug Gottlieb Show and that story of the day brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Check out the latest lines in the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, the most trusted name in online sports betting. Gotta be 21, present Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Dustin Johnson resigns from the PGA Tour. Huh. I didn't need to resign. Here's Dustin making the announcement. I resign my membership from the tour. I'm, I'm going to play here, um, you know, for now. And that's that's the plan. Um, you know, but what the consequences are going to be, I, obviously I can't comment on how the tour is going to handle. I can't answer for, for the majors, but, you know, hopefully they're going to allow us to play. Uh, D- Dustin Johnson, I, I can you guys play the end of that cut where he said, I believe he said, you know, I don't want to play golf the rest of my life. And that's how it felt like I was headed. You know, for now, and that's, that's the plan. Um, you know, but what the consequences are going to be, I, obviously I can't comment on how the tour is going to handle. I can't answer for, for the majors, but, you know, hopefully they're going to allow us to play. Dustin Johnson said he don't want to play golf the rest of his life, but if he played in the PGA Tour, that's what he felt he'd have to do. Okay, uh, look, I understand this is a huge payday. He's a huge name. You have his wife's celebrity status. You have his celebrity status. You have his ability. Like, all of that makes total sense for Live Golf to go after. All of it. Okay? But you're insulting my intelligence and embarrassing yourself when you're like, you know, I would have had to play golf the rest of my life, uh, but this way, you know, finally I get a payday. Uh, Dustin Johnson is third all-time in prize money made on the PGA Tour with $74 million in prize checks alone, in addition to which he's made over $100 million in endorsements. The estimates are, okay, he's had appearance for TaylorMade, Adidas, uh, Hublot, Body Armor, RBC, and Perfect Practice. Okay. And yet he had this to say. I've done well on the PGA Tour. I'm obviously, we, you all know that. Um, very thankful for what they've given me, too. Uh, but this was, yeah, it's just something different. I'm with Louie. I don't want to play golf for the rest of my life, uh, you know, which I felt like I was probably going to have to do. Yeah. Um, no, no, you would. Now, look, uh, reportedly, and this is the Telegraph reports, Dustin Johnson's going to be paid $125 million, million dollars to play on the Live Tour series. Okay, work less, get paid more. It feels like a complete no-brainer to any of us who are looking for that one last big paycheck. Okay. I, I think there's a reasonable discussion to be had here in terms of who do you take money and how do you take money from and what does it do to the sport of golf? What does it do to the sport of golf? But telling me that you would have had to play golf the rest of your life only tells me you're a complete imbecile with your money. If you made $200 million and you don't have enough for the rest of your life, the problem is not golf and how much it's paying you. The problem is your life, (laughs) right? Like, let's just be honest. Net worth is somewhere in the $50 million range. That's not going to go down. He's not done playing golf. 
but you start to insult our intelligence or expose yourself as being terrible with money once you say these things. So I, I just, you, you, you cringe when you hear that. Now, I, I don't know if I was offered $125 million and I was going to make a fraction of that this year, although reportedly he made, what, 40-something million dollars last year. So you're talking about tripling your earnings to play on a tour with a condensed schedule and still likely to be play at le- likely to play at least three of the majors and probably miss the tour championship. You, know, you won't play in the tour championship as well. So of the five biggest tournaments, you'll only play in three. Meanwhile, you make $125 million. And you're taking that check from the Saudis, which by many people is seen as blood money. Uh, Buyer, you've had a chance to kind of process. You are our biggest golf fan. I have some thoughts on it I want to share in a second. But what what are your immediate thoughts when you hear DJ? uh, Not surprisingly, because this had been reported by a lot. Yeah. Uh, leaving the leaving the tour to join the live tour. I am uh, I am not shocked. I was surprised. I thought that what I thought would happen, Doug, was these players would would do nothing with the PGA Tour and maybe just let it play out in court. Just say, I'm not doing anything with my tour membership, but what I am going to do is I am going to play in these live golf events. And if you don't want me to play in a PGA Tour event or you don't want me to play um, when there isn't a live golf event uh, on the PGA Tour, then you're going to have to stop me. And so that's what I was a little surprised about with Kevin Na doing so. And then with Dustin doing so as well was surprised. But then to your point about letting it sink in a little bit, the uh, the schedule is a part of it. There's also we don't know what went on behind the scenes. Um, and what's going on behind the scenes in Dustin Johnson's career? There's always rumors and speculation, um, but uh, maybe there was maybe there was some bad blood there. And then there's also the fact, Doug, that of anybody that was probably most well equipped to not get caught up in their feelings or get wrapped up into into all of this, it's probably Dustin Johnson. And I'm not the first to say it. Many have said that as well. So while I was surprised, as you said, like the more and more it sinks in and what we've heard over the last couple of days, still surprised, but that's why I wasn't shocked. Yeah, I think there's there's just there's a lot to unpack there, right, in terms of Dustin Johnson. Not surprising to me that he would it would be about how much money. I do think there's probably some hurt feelings in regards to how he feels like he was handled during his kind of darker times, right? Like mm-hmm. that's yep. That's most people are not accountable and saying, hey, this this is a me problem. It's how was I kind of supported during those those times of problems. Um, but I and I would while your while your thoughts in terms of them still playing tour events make sense. My guess is a good portion of the money is, hey, we're going to pay you this hundred twenty five mil, but you got to resign from the tour. That, that that that's a big that's a big part of it. Could be for the bigger fish as well, and that, that's why maybe it was a bit surprising with Kevin Na. But like Graham McDowell says that he hasn't resigned yet, that he hasn't resigned his membership from the PGA Tour, and Graham McDowell not as big of a name as Dustin Johnson, so probably didn't get that you know that uh, nine figure amount that you mentioned. Yeah, uh, it's it's a fascinating thing. I I I do you know, and it's one of those deals to where if you're the Saudis. 
right? I, I, I was listening to Dan Patrick talk about this a bunch this morning, and I was thinking to myself, like, look, I know it sounds like a very golf thing, like these guys have made a ton of money, but I would guess if NBA players were offered 3X of what they're making, I think you'd see NBA players go to a different sure. go to a different league. That that's just it. That that's the. I I I wish it was different. I wish we train people in the in in the 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 loyalty needed in for whether it's American companies or American leagues. Okay, but we have this this belief that we're uh, completely capitalist and that. You know, more money may not be the reason, but a lot more money is a re- is a viable reason. And I think that you know, like we all want to want to act like LeBron James wouldn't do such a thing. I think we most of us in the reality of sports know the opposite. Who doesn't want to work less and get paid more? Right, work less, get paid more. But the question is, where is that paycheck coming from? Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing here. And while we're rightfully, I guess, you know, make, we're making the Saudis and, the, and what they do with uh, human, for human rights violations, we're making this about that. It's, it's also like, do we do the same thing with each individual sponsor that these players get? Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really interesting one. The uh, amount of money as well is just kind of, Put the salve over the wound uh, wound of the uh, the sponsorship as well. If you're, you know, Lee Westwood, who had UPS as one of his major sponsors, as did Louis Oosthuizen, the amount that you're getting takes care of, all right, I guess I'm not getting, you know, the UPS money to wear that logo on my shirt anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it takes care of a lot. <laughs> does take care of it does take care of a lot it's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio what do you think hit us up on Twitter at Gottlieb show that's at Gottlieb show go ahead Can I, yeah I just want to just say one more thing about this like I still don't think and this is this is kind of you know the root of all of this is I don't this doesn't take over the PGA Tour like this doesn't I know like the PGA Tour is fighting against it I still think that the PGA Tour will be absolutely fine with this it's just like if there was an actual rivalry, Doug, for the the Live Golf Tour to be like, you know what, this is the one that people want to watch, then I think the PGA Tour would really be like, whoa, you know, wait a second, you're taking some of our real estate. But I just I don't think that it is with the players that they have brought in. So it's you know it's such a moral and you know I guess relatable sort of topic for us to talk about, but for actual golf and what it means for golf. I just don't think that this tour, um, it will survive because they have money and money and money behind it. And they'll end it when they want to end it. I just don't think that it's any threat to the uh, PGA Tour in reality. Hmm. Um, I tend to agree. You know, I, I think the challenge to the PGA Tour is going to remain. Can they can they find a way? One, to, the, the PGA Championship is going to be big, right? Can they continue to find a way to get the best golfers in the PGA Championship, and then is there a way to, uh, you know, is there a way to, to to block some of the some of the movement to the Live Tour for the majors? Well, realistically, the PGA Tour and the PGA Tour doesn't have anything to do with any of the four majors. Um, right. But realistically, if you st- sit back and look at it, there's probably one major PGA Tour event a month. 
where 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 you're like looking at it and saying, okay, this is a really really strong field. Right, right. Torrey Pines would we go down there usually in late January? Uh, the Genesis at Riviera in February. You have the players in in March. Then you got the Masters. Um, you know, then we start in the major season. But you know, you had some decent players at Jack's tournament. But that's really what it is. But like, I I just don't think that this kills the Valero Texas Open. This doesn't, you know, kill the uh, the team event that they have in Louisiana. This, I mean, you know, are people not going to go to the TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Open, you know, on the 16th hole? Because of course they go. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a party. Yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's where like I really look at it of like what what is really you know the threat is somebody not going to go to a PGA Tour event because Graham McDowell's not there? No, no offense to Graham McDowell, but it's not going to happen. Well, it, it is interesting though that this is this is part of my my deal with paying college athletes right it's never going to be enough right now maybe it is now because some of these guys are getting so so well compensated but there's always been this idea that hey if you pay guys it'll keep them from going to the pros that that's not realistic you know or that it'll cut down on cheating also not realistic right if there's a way for whatever people make they will want to make more and we don't we we don't have a a thought of loyalty when it comes to the bottom line. Um, I'd also be fascinated to see, like, you know, is this directly the Saudi government? Is there a – I just – I wish these guys would just be honest. Be like, look, I love the tour. It's been great. These guys are offering me the crazy money. And I just feel like it's – I can't turn it down. It's, it's, it's the offer you can't refuse. But instead, you get some of the hemming and hawing and – which is essentially what Dustin Johnson said, but Dustin Johnson saying like, "Hey, I would have had to play golf the rest of my life. Now I don't." Like, come on, dude. Like, let's. What are, what are we doing here? Um, I would. I don't know if I agree with you in terms of the PGA Tour. I do think those events still exist. I'd just be interested in to what level they exist. Now, part of it is most of the guys that have signed up. Most of, not all of them, are. You know, uh, even Dustin Johnson, as good as he is, that's a that's a pretty good get because he still has some major competitions in him. Like it's when you if if you can get the ten best, you, do you go after the ten best young golfers or do you get go after the ten biggest names? And it feels like right now they've gone after the biggest names. I don't know. I, I think it's a fascinating time. But there's you know, it's like we tell stories about the ABA, the US, the old USFL. Um, and now we're watching that happen in real t- time with Live Golf. And, and the one play that the PGA Tour has is, hey, that's Saudi money. That's blood money. Ours is not. Tiger Woods, I previously informed the USGA that I will not be competing in the U.S. Open, but that has nothing to do with Live Golf. It's just about his body. But Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, um, Phil Mickelson, and some others... Not so much. They'll be playing the Live Tour event this weekend. LeBron James, once again, doing his LeBron James attention-seeking. We'll explain how next, but first, Bet River Sportsbook wants to invite you to complete the sport. Uh, wants to invite you to discover the complete sports betting experience, the foundation of that experience, the massive number of betting options on nearly every regulated sporting event around the world. Add on top of that, live streaming of sports every day. There's almost always a live match to watch on Bet River Sportsbook. Right on your phone. BetRivers features top-tier customer service. Ready to answer your questions anytime, day or night plus. With a unique rush pay system, BetRivers Sportsbook can authorize most withdrawal requests instantly. 
Customer satisfaction is always the number one priority, and Bet Resume match your first deposit up to $250. Now, unlike some other sports books, Bet Rivers only requires a one time paythrough to turn bonuses into cash. Experience the difference. Go to BetRivers.com. You'll see for yourself. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Whether it's Stanley Cup, whether it's the Live Tour, the PGA Tour, any of the majors, and of course, all the NBA bets you can have, you name it, it's available. Bet River Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So uh, LeBron James has a show called The Shop. And uh, no, we won't get into whether or not he invented the idea of barbershop talk. But in a in an episode of The Shop, or at least in a promo of that episode, James was conveniently asked by Maverick Carter, which of the remaining teams would you like to play for? LeBron said Golden State. I would love to get into a pissing match with Draymond Green. I love, I would love when somebody cussed me out, right? So, again, I, I think there's a lot to it in regards to LeBron but this whole, like, I like it when a guy cusses me out. Yeah, that, that sounds really good. I, I'm sure what he means is somebody who I respect their talent challenges me or whatever. But remember when uh, LeBron said this in regards to, he said he wanted to, if he, one guy play with, want to play with is Steph Curry. And Steph had this to say. Well, he got it. We, we got his wish. So he's the captain. He's picked me the last two uh, All-Star games. So I don't know if that suffices, but I'm good right now. I mean, whenever you get the uh, the interest or curiosity of what it would be like to play with uh, arguably, you know, MVP kind of caliber dude like he is and one of the greatest of all time, cool. Like, it's amazing. Right. Um, we all can live in that fantasy world, though. <laughs> That sounded like a thanks, but no thanks to to me, right? That sounded like a thanks, but no thanks. Like NBA, there's just, I think, thank God these guys make so much money that they don't, that when they hit the world of reality, it's not, it, it though there's an adjustment period, many of them can have time to make that adjustment, but you can see why there is such little reality in so many of the things that they say and they do, right? Like, we can all see that. You know? Just, I mean, LeBron's idea of, hey, man, you know, I'd love to play with him. Like, again, that's a, that's a fantasy. In the real world, that's not how it works. And let's not act like Steph would be dreaming of having that opportunity. No, thanks. No, thanks. You know? Uh, they, he's never sought him out for a reason. We're not, we're, we're not friends. We're friendly. We're not friends. I'm sure you'd like to play with us. We're in the NBA finals where we think we're going to win another title. So I think that that whole thing is fascinating. 
But these nodes don't live in reality. None. Zero. Uh, he's one of my all-time favorite guys on the road covering basketball for years. Scott Spinelli, an NBA analyst, former coach, host of the podcast, The Breakdown. I believe he joins in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Scott, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Um, how do you explain the variances in game one where Boston, even some of their average shooters, shoot out of their mind? Game two... I mean, you don't get anything from Al Horford. You don't get anything from Marcus Smart. A completely different basketball team. How would you explain that? Well, first of all, Doug, thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you. And obviously, uh, I got so much respect for you. Um, and obviously, I know how you know well-known you are in basketball, both as a player and as an analyst and with your knowledge. So thank you for having me. Uh, with that said, you know, look, I think it's a series of adjustments, Doug. I think what we saw in game one, was Golden State almost making Horford beat them uh, by giving him those three-point shots, and he certainly made those, and he did that. The second game, Golden State came out, made that adjustment, and, you know, where Horford had eight attempts and he made six his first game, he didn't have any makes, nor did he have any attempts. So they did a great job of really making him a driver, closing out on him to the point where he couldn't get any open looks. And I think that was the biggest adjustment in the game, and that is Golden State's defense, specifically on Horford and on White, for that matter. They, they really kind of wanted to kind of get out on those guys on those long closeouts and make them drivers. Scott Spinelli joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Golden State made adjustments as well now. Like Andre Godala went from playing to they played 13 guys. He wasn't one of them. Um, we saw some different lineups in the first half, obviously highlighted by Gary Payton returning. What did they do differently other than getting out on shooters? Well, look, I think Golden State's intensity level was much different, um, not just you know as it relates to Horford and White. I think defensively, um, they really came out, even the first time, first possession of the game, their pressure on the ball um, you know, was immense throughout the game, but it started off right off the bat with a great intensity defensively. And I think at times, too, in this, they didn't settle for the three-point shot. I, I think when you, you know, look at when Curry initiated those switches when he had Horford on him and, uh, you know, he was up on him, he actually drove the ball uh, and make, made the right play, whether that was dishing off to his teammate for an assist or even a hockey assist. So I think Golden State really did it as a team, uh, defensively, one through five, they came out with a different mindset. Obviously, Draymond Green's his energy level, his toughness, his play, you know, that chip on his shoulder he plays with became infectious. And I think that had a lot to do with it. And on the other end, I think Golden State offensively uh, kind of let the game come to them instead of just forcing up three-point shots. Okay, so what does Boston do differently in game three? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I think coming home, first of all, Boston achieved what they needed to, to get done out there, right? So right now, technically, they have the home court advantage uh, coming back here to Boston. Uh, I, I think first and foremost, they have to come out uh, offensively, and I think they've got to now say to themselves, look, you know, uh, Golden State made these adjustments. We've got to make sure that we're moving the ball, which we do, which the Celtics, when they are playing at their best basketball, um, even their stars in Tatum and Brown, are you know making the right play, and I think they got to move the basketball, not be one on one, not be in those ISO situations at least early in the clock, um, and make Golden State shift their defense and really take advantage of their hard 
pressure on the ball by really driving it and making the right play. Uh, on the other end of the floor, I think the Celtics, uh, and look, they, they, they do so much switching, as you know. Um, you know, they, they're going to pressure the basketball. They're going to make Golden State beat them off the dribble. But they've got to do a much better job at guarding the basketball. They're going to do that, maybe finding that distance, contesting shots, but at the same time really, really focusing in on uh, guarding the basketball and even their help defense when they get in rotations, they're going to have to rotate even that much quicker uh, to make sure Golden State doesn't get any clean looks at the three-point line. Uh, okay, so before the series began, who did you like? Well, look, Doug, as you know, I'm a Boston guy, so my heart is with the Celtics. But I have to tell you, I thought Golden State all the way through uh, out in the West was going to be a very difficult matchup. Uh, you know, look, I mean, when they changed a lot of the, you know, their lineups and they went smaller, um, you know, latter part of the season, they pretty much became unguardable. The way they play offensively. Um, you know, multiple cutters away from the ball. They, they're spacing. They play five guys out there that can pass, dribble, and shoot. At times, Draymond is out there as a .5 man, um, and he's willing and ready to make the right play every time. Uh, you know, Looney now has shifted into this, you know, in, these, in this series. Uh, obviously, he's had a great series thus far, too. But, um, you know, look, I think with Golden State, you, you, you have a team that's really, really good offensively and they're underrated defensively. I think they're very physical. They switch to increase pressure. All five guys are out there when they are at their best, and I thought that game, too, as the game went on, especially, too, it really wore the Celtics down. I think Golden State is a completed team right now. They're very balanced. They have that skill lineup out there, and they're a very underrated defensive team, even when they're small because of the physicality they play with. So you still like Golden State, even though they gave away home court advantage, losing game one? I do. I think Golden State still is the championship team that you have to beat. As you know, Doug, once a champion, always a champion. They've got that lineage. Although the Celtics have a very complete roster themselves, and they've got star power and uh, the job that you know, uh, you know Ume's done uh, with his team and his staff and how those guys have come together uh, this year has really been just remarkable to watch. But I just think it's really hard to beat a championship team that they're both kind of evenly balanced here. Um, and again, the Celtics are gonna—they're gonna have to make three-point shots to beat Golden State. And right now, uh, you know, Golden State's adjustment from last game was to take away the three from certain guys. And again, we'll be interested to see what happens here with the Celtics in terms of what what kind of adjustments they make offensively. But they got to make threes to beat Golden State. I think. Yeah, I I, I would. I would tend to agree. I think this is going to be – I still think the feeling out process is – I'm interested to see what, what, what Emei does. Um, if you were Darvin Ham, what would you, help, what would you encourage Rob Palinka to do with that roster in L.A.? Well, look, uh, it's hard for me you know, to kind of you know, go down the roster and, and be kind of critical of, of anybody, but I will tell you this. They obviously have star power. They've got a foundation there. I think the NBA, Doug, and you know this, um, you know as well as anybody, is it's become a league that you really need skilled guys, guys who can pass, dribble, and shoot. And I think the more three-point shooters, the more skilled guys they got, uh, whether they are you know role players or guys who are starting, but yet uh, assuming that role with LeBron and you know with all the stars they have out there, I think they've got to address skill. They need guys who can pass, dribble, and shoot. 
Um, and I think that's going to be one of the adjustments or one of the one of the things that they're going to have to do in this off season. And then with that also, you know, get some guys like you know, um, you know, I say this Draymond Green. I mean, uh, in a, you know, an, an energetic, tough, infectious uh, defender that plays with a chip on his shoulder, doesn't really care if he scores the basketball. He assumes a role. And he's as valuable in his role as Curry is in his. I mean, he just does whatever it takes to help his team win. And I think the Lakers need to get a guy like that uh, on their roster right now. I think that would help their roster, too. Scott Spinelli, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. What does Chet look like in an NBA uniform? As you know, he's a generational talent, right? A kid of that size that can do what he can do on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, it's really something to watch, um, obviously, at his age. I mean, the biggest question mark is, is, is going to be his strength, you know, how much physically uh, bigger, stronger he can get. Um, you know, the, the NBA game is a grind. It's, it's a physical, tough game. And, you know, at night in and night out, you're going to be playing against guys who are, you know, really strong, really athletic. They're going to lean on you. They're going to bang you. Um, and I think that's going to be his biggest adjustment. But certainly his skill set, um, what he does at his size, I mean, his ability to block shots, change shots. He also rebounds in and out of his area for his size. And he's kind of the modern-day perfect player, right, Doug? I mean, a guy that can play multiple positions, who's versatile um, offensively. You can do a lot of different things with him. I think it's just going to be a matter of time if he continues to get stronger, can build that body up. Uh, and then become a, just a little bit more versatile on the defensive end of the floor. I think that's going to be important for him too. So you're about you don't think that the the body is that much of a limiting factor. You know, uh, Doug, I do. Starting out in his career, I think it's going to be a factor. But I do think over time. I mean, look, you know, he's going to get stronger. He's a young kid, and you know, anybody with that type of size at his age, um, you know, again, is probably going to be not as strong as they're going to be three, four, five years down the road with the NBA weight training, the nutrition, um, and just the fact that he's getting old and his metabolism will slow down a little bit. He's going to get bigger and stronger. It is a concern. There's no question it's a concern. But the way the game is played today and a guy with his size, with his skill, I don't think it's as much of a concern just because of the modern-day NBA, the way they play today, than it would have been back when you were playing or when I was playing uh, with those big centers, the Patrick Ewins of the world, um, just because I think the game is, is, is definitely changed in terms of a skill game now. Scott, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, can't wait to hear your next pod. And thanks so much for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for having me, Doug. Always a pleasure. Thank you, man. All right, Scotty, we'll catch up offline very, very soon. The Breakdown on Believe is his podcast. He's really, really good. Completely invest in the sport. Maybe that, that helps you in terms of laying some money. Speaking of laying some money down, check out the latest lines in World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. you got to be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'll tell you the best player has been in the NBA Finals so far, but I'll do it next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
You're listening to, to, to You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines from the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time, we hand the reins over to Dan Byer and say, hey, man, be creative. Let's play a game. Buyer. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan, what do you got? Doug, the game today is... Rank them. All right, Doug, rank the three best players that you've seen in the NBA Finals so far. Uh, that's a great question. Great question. I would say number three... Huh. Oh, I know, because uh, you think, okay, they were good in game two, then you think of their game one, then you think of their game one, and then you got to think of their game two. Yeah, it's uh I don't think we'd argue on number one, and I actually don't think we'd argue on number two. Number three is the one that I'm struggling with. So I, I have yet. Number two is, is uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, I thought he's been the best overall. If you combine mm-hmm. game one and game two, yep. he's been the best Celtic. And Steph Curry's number one. He's been the best. He's been the best player. Um, the problem is that Jordan Poole was good in two, not in one. Draymond was mm, okay in one, not very good, very good in two. Jason Tatum has been, you know, he he's he hit he hit obviously more shots in game two, but hasn't been efficient either. But he shared the ball. Um, hmm. Oh, Horford game one, not game two. Uh Shoot. I will go. I'll go Jason Tatum three. Okay. Jason Tatum three. Didn't shoot the ball well. Did have a bunch of assists in that game one. Yeah. Yeah. Did a lot. All right. Darvin Ham's the coach of the Lakers. Hornets Mm -hmm. still looking for a head coach. Jazz will be looking for a head coach uh, as well. But Doug, rank the three best NBA coaching jobs right now. That if every job was open, the top three places you'd want to go. The top three places I want to go. Uh, okay, I know. Th- I know one, two. Uh, okay, my two is going to surprise you. Three. Oof. Uh, okay. Um, the answers are in. Number three, Milwaukee. All right. You have arguably the best player. You have a really good culture established. Um, sure, and then they'd say Gottlieb comes home. You know, the yeah, place you were born, Milwaukee, yeah. right? But there's also not the inherent pressure. They've already won a title, so there's not that will Giannis ever win it. There'll be pressure to get you there. But I also, I just, I think you got a good culture there. Uh, number two, the Clippers. The Clippers. Ooh, all right. Uh, you, you have now. Look, the the bad, the hard part is you got Kawhi off an injury. But Kawhi, you know, the thigh was never supposedly right. My guess would be he comes back and not just the knee, but the thigh also completely right. You have Paul George. You also have an owner who I've been told by people in both the Lakers and Clippers organization that he, Ballmer's viewed as the best owner in the sport, just whatever it takes. But he doesn't interfere. And number one, the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors. All right, Doug. Uh, who, who else would you consider? Well, 
it's tough because I think of all right, Dallas. You know, you get Luca, but yep, are there the pieces around him? Um, you know, I, I think Cuban's pretty uh, loyal to uh, coaches there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, winning in New York. Like if you were the guy to help bring a title, no question. Maybe that you know that helps something along the way. But just how it's lined up, um, yeah. Th- those were the two names that you know popped out. Uh, then you have you know you have other up and coming teams, but I still think being able to coach Luca would would trump maybe going to Memphis or you know going to New Orleans or something like that. All right, Doug, rank the three players you want to watch in golf. It's kind of off the topic that we had at the top, but players that you want to watch when you turn on your TV. Um, Tiger. Yeah, one. Okay. Tiger's one. You know, he's a world unto himself. He could be one, two, and three, realistically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say Rory and Spieth, honestly, are the other two. Yeah. Those are my two and three. Spieth three, Rory two. Um, those, those those are my three. I'm not diminishing Phil, but Phil is definitely, you know, at the end, or at, he's over the proverbial hill in terms of week to week. I would love a good Phil Tiger. But Phil by himself doesn't do it for me. Dustin Johnson's right there near that list as well. Um, but I, those are the guys that I think have the, the most game, those two. All right, Doug, rank the worst months for the NFL. I kind of feel we're in one right now. Like, the, like Oh, yeah. Like this is like. Oh, June and July are the worst. <laughs> at least, and even July gives you like training camp starting, so it kind of whets your appetite. Yeah. But uh, so I kind of knew what number one was, but. Was curious about two and three. Um, yeah, May, June, July. May, June, and July. All Actually, right. May, July, June. So June's number one, the worst month. Yes. All right, Doug, finally, rank the top three bands or musicians that you didn't like at first. Maybe you were younger, Love but this. now I've grown to Love appreciate. Love this question. Love this question. Um, I would say... Uh, who, who? Number three, number three would be Bon Jovi. I didn't like Bon Jovi as a kid when everybody liked Bon Jovi. Not that Bon Jovi's my favorite band, but I definitely, there's mm-hmm. a great catalog of songs yeah, there that I Yeah, heard Bad enjoy. Medicine yesterday on the radio. Sure, sure. Um, these these are mostly rock because I didn't, I wasn't a big rock guy coming up. Uh, Rolling Stones. You know, nobody played the Rolling Stones in my house. So I didn't really appreciate the Rolling Stones. Great catalog of music. And then number one, who the number one band that I didn't appreciate at first and that I grew to appreciate, uh, Sinatra. 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 Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. All right, coming up next, NBA Finals headed to Boston. Wait to hear who the Warriors are defending. Next. <laughs> 